Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and I'm joined this week again by Sarah to talk, and we're going to be talking about the band Rage Against the Machine, often abbreviated as R-A-T-M or shortened to Rage. And before we get into the band and we talk about uh, favorite songs, and also we're going to really, really focus a lot on how Rage Against the Machine has used their music for to make political statements, also raising money, all of that kind of jazz. But first, let me just give you a little bit of information from Wikipedia about Rage Against the Machine, unless it, in case you are unfamiliar with who this band is. So Rage Against the Machine is an American rock band from Los Angeles, California. They were formed in 1991. The group consists of vocalist Zach De La Rocha, bassist and backing vocalist Tim Comerford, guitarist Tom Morello, and drummer Brad Wilk. The band is known for melding heavy metal and rap music with punk rock and funk influences, as well as their revolutionary socialist political views. As of 2010, they have sold over 16 million records worldwide. The band will be inducted into the 2023 Class of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rage Against the Machine released its self-titled debut album in 1992 to critical acclaim and achieved commercial success following their performance at the 1993 Lollapalooza Festival. In 2003, the album was ranked number 368 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. The band's next two albums, Evil Empire from 1996 and The Battle of Los Angeles from 1999, were also successful. Both albums topped the Billboard 200 chart. During their initial nine-year run, Rage Against the Machine became a popular and influential band and had a large influence on the new metal genre, which came to prominence during the late 1990s and early 2000s. They were also ranked number 33 on VH1's 100 Greatest Artists of Hard Rock. In 2000... 2000... Sorry, in 2000, Rage Against the Machine released the cover album Renegades and disbanded after growing creative differences led to De La Rocha's departure. De La Rocha started a low-profile solo career while the rest of the band formed the rock supergroup Audio Slave with Chris Cornell, the formal, formal frontman of Soundgarden. Audio Slave recorded three albums before disbanding in 2007. The same year, Rage Against the Machine announced a reunion and performed together for the first time in seven years at Coachella. Within the next four years, minus a sabbatical in 2009, the band continued to perform at more live venues and festivals around the world before going on a hiatus once again in 2011. In 2016, Morello, Comerford, and Wilk formed a new band, Prophets of Rage, with Be Real, Chuck D, and DJ Lord. That band released one EP and one full-length studio album before disbanding in 2019. After an eight-year hiatus, Rage Against the Machine announced in November 2019 they were reuniting for a world tour, which was initially scheduled to start in 2020, but was ultimately postponed to 2021 and then to 2022 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'll go into the political views later once we get to that section. Uh, but I do want to say we just we had a poll both on Twitter and then on Instagram about what album was your favorite between the self-titled Rage Against the Machine, Evil Empire, and about the Battle of Los Angeles and Renegades. And it was a tie between the self-titled debut album Rage Against the Machine and Evil Empire. The Battle of Los Angeles got one vote and Renegades received zilch votes. But that doesn't surprise me since it's more of 
covers and stuff. So that does not surprise me, but I'm just letting you know. You never know. Someone could have liked that better. Uh, and there could be people listening right now that like that better and are screaming at the radio. That's at the radio. <laughs> oh, my God, Aaron. <laughs> radio. Wow. <laughs> I really dated myself there. Oh my God, Aaron. <laughs> anyway. I'm going to go videotape something now. <laughs> Program the VCR. <laughs> Sarah, what I first want to know is what song or album turns you into a fan? It was actually, it was uh, Killing in the Name was the first song I heard by them. And this is kind of funny, or at least it's funny to me. It was on WSOU, uh, which is Seton Hall University's radio station. And for people who don't know, uh, Seton Hall is a very prominent Catholic university in New Jersey. And they were the only metal slash rock station in the area. Which was so bizarre to me. (laughs) That is so so weird. (laughs) Here's the Catholic University playing Slayer. Okay. Um, (laughs) Whatever. And what's even funnier is my dad graduated from there. But anyway, um, they that was the first place I heard it. And they played it a lot. But being that it was regular FM radio, we did not have the last portion of it where Zach is just screaming, you know, fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, it was an edited version. So they cut it off, which I never realized until I actually picked up the album. Okay. It was a CD and listened to it for the first time. I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, didn't realize that there was like another minute and a half to the song. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I would say almost as soon as I heard the song that I was out getting the album and listen to it quite a bit. And actually I still have it. I still have a copy of it on vinyl right now, which my uh, oldest son will put on every once in a while when he's home. If he wants, if I say I'll go put an album on, he'll, that's usually the one he seems to gravitate towards. But yeah, from that, from that moment on, I was instantly a fan and, Unfortunately, they are them and Tool are the two bands that I've been a fan of since the early 90s that I have never seen live. And it's very sad. Very upset by that. (laughs) I know. It's very, it's annoying. I don't like it. I love that story, though, because I'm just picturing that radio station and (laughs) what led to, and I actually would love to hear from bands that were played on that radio station and their reaction to knowing that they were played on a Catholic university's radio station. That was the only way, only radio station that played their music. That's what I'd really like to hear is like some kind of like collection of reactions to that. <laughs> like really? But it, it, I mean, it, it was, it was the weirdest thing. It was the only, and I mean, where, where I lived, we barely got reception because it's, it's a college radio, even though it's FM, it's a college radio station. We barely got, reception for it and i mean this was before like uh, you know metal and alternative mm-hmm. went mainstream um i mean now you hear it all the time on i mean there's still not a great selection of, of metal or rock stations uh you know unless you get serious xm but uh yeah it was the only one and i actually looked them up today because i was curious i'm like are they and they are still playing rock and metal that is still their their genre of music. And I mean, this is, I was listening to them 90, 91, 92, 93. So I was 15, 16, 17 years old. Um, so this is over 30 years ago. And they are still playing rock and metal to this day, which just cracks me up because wow. it's a Catholic university. That's amazing. But I, that's the devil's music. This is like the best thing I've heard all week. Uh, <laughs> I really want I really want to talk to all the bands that have, I just really want to talk to the bands and see what their thought is on this. I I just if any of you are listening out there, please, please. Yes, that was uh, WSOU Pirate Radio, Seton Hall University. <laughs> That's West Orange, New Jersey. <laughs> okay, so confession time here everybody, okay? 
I am I was never a big fan of this band. Do not do not turn off your radio. I'm still doing the radio thing. <laughs> Why are we having this conversation then? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> this was a re- this was I put out a request. This is so this is so funny. I put out a request to our panelists uh a while back before the strikes yeah. and I said just let me know cuz our music episodes are always very popular. They're some of our most popular ones we do and I put out there you know, give me music, music, music suggestions and bands you'd like us to cover. And both Carla and Sarah suggested Rage Against the Machine. And I already said a lot of the stuff that people requested, some of them is going to take me a long time to get up the nerve to do them because they're actually bands that I can't even listen to. Uh, (laughs) But but then, but then, because I wanted to put together what we were going to do in place of what we were supposed to do with the strikes, and I went, well, because it's strikes, I wanted to do stuff that was more politically motivated. And there are a lot of bands that are like that. Tons of bands fit into that. And I decided because we are, you know, our big, big, big listener base is Gen X and Millennial. That's our biggest listener base. Mm-hmm. And so this is the – when you Google – political bands, Gen X, the first, one of the first ones that comes up is Rage Against the Machine. And I already knew this, but I did that. I went, well, we have to include that. And that's why, of course, last week we did What's Going On, because that's a huge, huge political album of great importance. So that's why I did this. So I'm not saying, so that's the thing. I will cover stuff on this podcast, as people may know, that I've never watched before, never listened to before. (laughs) And I end up hating it sometimes. But I want to say, even though I am not the biggest fan of this band, do not hate me. Do not stop listening to me. Do not stop listening to this podcast. <laughs> Sarah, don't leave and quit. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be insulting them. It's just, it's not, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. I like very yeah. angry music too. I love, like we've covered, we covered like Trent Reznor is one of our most popular episodes this year. I love very angry music. I do. I love punk. I, I, you know, I love that kind of stuff. It just, this, I was just never as into new metal as a lot of people were. I just wasn't, for the most part, wasn't my thing. But I have complete and utter respect for this band because, and preparing for this and really listening to them, I gained a huge respect for them because they are using their voice and their music and their power in a very, very, very good way. Mm-hmm. And I will always respect that. They are speaking about a lot of things that we talk about on this podcast, and they are speaking out and using their voice to try and make change or to at least wake people up. And sometimes it takes angry music and loud music to wake people up. Mm-hmm. And so I have a great respect for them and I have a greater respect for them after this. And I do have some favorite songs. Don't worry. I do have some favorite songs, <laughs> but I did want to just be honest about that. I'm not going to sit here and lie and, and stuff. Um, but I respect them a lot more now, even though I had respect for them, but they weren't like someone I ever really thought about. But now I have huge respect for them because of really, really listening to their songs and then looking at the lyrics to their songs is what also really, really, really um, got me to become more of a fan and appreciate what they are doing with their music. And once again, music, I think, and I said this last week, I think music of all the art forms out there, well, writing too, but that plays into music. I think music is the most powerful tool that artists have to get a message out there um, because it is in some ways quicker. Um, it's there's lots of different channels to get that out there. You can, if you see it in live, it's has a totally different impact usually depending on the artist. So I just, so I gained an appreciation for them. I'm, I'm not at all going to be insulting them in this. I just <laughs> wanted to be upfront and honest. <laughs> It's okay. There are bands that were put on that list that I will insult. Um, <laughs> Ouch. I gotta go back and look at the list. <laughs> I don't know if it was any, I don't think it was any you put on there, but. Um. <laughs> no, just, I mean, just a joke. Cause I, I, yeah, I know there were, 
uh, some suggestion. I, I can't remember what was suggested. I feel well, like I, that was months ago. Well, the list that we have, just to let everybody know, if we had to, we could just be a music podcast with the number we have, at least for the next few years, because, and this isn't going to happen, but because there are like a hundred and like, I think it was like 160 something on there. So, holy crap, I didn't realize there were that many suggested. <laughs> yes, also topics, not just bands, but also topics, but most of it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But most of it is bands, so. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, I do want to know, though, and I'm sure this is probably hard for you, Sarah, to do this. Oh, Lord, yeah, this is a hard one. So, I know, everybody, this is the question everybody hates me for, but I like torture and pain. So I want to know then, I know everybody hates me for this question, but I have to do it. So what are your three favorite or three of your favorite songs? Killing in the Name, because that was the first one that I heard. Vietnam, which is off of, is that off of Evil Empire? Yes. I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's off of Evil Empire. It's kind of about Fox News before Fox News was a thing. But more your um, uh, Rush Limbaugh's and uh, oh, who was the other one? Um, Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity? Uh, no, no, it was another radio guy along the lines of Rush Limbaugh. And I, oh my god, I can't think of the name of him. I'll remember it like three o'clock in the morning. Glenn Beck. <laughs> We're just gonna. Think I, yeah, so I think it was Glenn Beck. Yes, Glenn Beck. That's who it was. Yes, that's who it was. Um, like I could picture him in my head. I just couldn't think of his name. Yeah, it was it was your your conservative radio, you know, angry white men. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I mean, there's I would say their first album for me is Perfection. So third, I, I'm going to do four. I'm going to be a rebel. Um, Bulls on Whoa. parade. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I say you could do that. No, that's okay. It's just us. It's okay. <laughs> I that you did that. It works with this, so that's fine. Oh my god. Uh, Bulls on parade, and then probably take the power back is another one, which is off their first album. But yeah, that it's just to come up with three. It's like asking me like what my top three favorite albums are too. I'm like, I can't pick. I know. I loved oh, I did, like I said. I'm 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 a masochist, so <laughs> Yeah, like take the power back is kind of what I was playing on repeat after the Roe versus Wade decision. Yeah. Yeah. Actually I was listening to a lot of Rage Against the Machine at that point. Which makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, but we'll, yeah, we'll get into that yes. <laughs> next, I think. Yes, we will definitely be. Yes, we're going. That's what we're going to spend the majority of this talking about is the political stuff, because I think it's very important. I mean, you can't talk about this band without talking no, about that. No, you can't. No. So, yeah. um, well, for me, see, I did come up with some, everybody. I actually wrote down more Yay! than three. <laughs> so, ha, see? <laughs> I always do. When we did Trent it's Reznor. It's not just me. No, when we did it's hard for me too. It's not it's not like I it's not it's not easy on me. I make it hard for myself too because I'm not only uh, I because I'm a masochist and a sadist because I'm a sadist liking to torture you and then I'm a masochist. Um anyway, <laughs> sorry everybody. Well, everybody should know that listen to this podcast. We did a whole episode on BDSM and media, so okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> Yeah, when we did the Trent Reznor one, I had a page that was just filled with like practically uh, like hundreds of songs, and I just oh I, I just God. randomly chose on that day. <laughs> Close your eyes at points. So the first one I am going to say is "Settle for Nothing" off of their self-titled album, and I'm saying this because and, and trigger warning here, but um, a lot of the stuff I. F- I believe, I think for me that that song is dealing with is also a lot of suicidal thoughts and depression Mm -hmm. and also dad issues. And so it's like, oh, here, Aaron, we wrote that we wrote this song for you. Listen to it. And so that's (laughs) that's what it kind of for me. That's why it spoke to me. I know there's probably other different meanings and interpretations. That's a great thing about music. But for me, that's why it spoke to me. And I and it, you know, and I think the power of 
bands like this, when you have songs like that, the like that, is combining those words and that hurt and that anger and that depression. I think for some people, for me, I know it's this case. It's the case here. When I'm very depressed, when I'm upset, when I'm in a very dark place, I actually find listening to like, for me, it's usually listening to Trent Reznor or Depeche Mode always, but listening to that stuff and getting very angry and yelling and screaming at the top of my lungs. And I find that to be very therapeutic. So for me, this was kind of in that lane. And that's why it it was the first one that stood out to me of all of them. I already, I mean, Killing in the Name of, yes, I actually do really like that song and always have. And um, of course, because mainly just because of the last, <laughs> the last, you know, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. That's just, that should be the anthem. I think that's the anthem of Gen X, honestly. But anyway. Uh, yeah, it kind of, yeah. <laughs> It really kind of is. It probably is for Gen Z too. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'd have to ask my uh, my Gen Z children. <laughs> well, you have Gen Z children that are listening to this album still, so yes. Well, one of them, but yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, like you have one Gen Z child that is still. So that to me tells me oh, that yeah. this is still relevant. But uh, and then also, um, know your enemy off of the self titled album. That's album a good as one. Well. Yeah. The big thing that one of the my favorite parts of that song is when they're spelling out the word defiance. And, you know, a lot of their music is talking about the fact that you think you're living in the land of the free, you think, mm-hmm. and you're not, and also and looking deeper into what this country is about and other things as well. But that to me is is just one of those. And then the last one. This was this was hard. Um, but I'm going to say Bulls on Parade is what I will play. For, yeah. Play. I'll play for my last one. I'll say for my last one. Holy moly, I cannot speak tonight um, <laughs> or today when you're listening to this on the radio. <laughs> on the radio, yeah. <laughs> when you're tuning that FM dial <laughs> to your Catholic um, <laughs> pirate radio metal station. station. <laughs> never gonna get over oh my god okay but i do want to move on Uh, like we have said you cannot talk about this band without talking about their political views and activism so i just i'm gonna go over a little bit of stuff here um from wikipedia once again uh the members of rage against the machine are well known for their leftist anti-authoritarian and revolutionary political views and almost all of the band's songs focus on these views Key to the band's identity, Rage Against the Machine has voiced viewpoints highly critical of the domestic and foreign policies of current and previous U.S. governments. Throughout its existence, Rage Against the Machine and its individual members participated in political protests and other activism to advocate these beliefs. The band sees its music as a vehicle for social activism. De La Rocha explained, I'm interested in spreading those ideas through art because music has the power to cross borders, to break military sieges, and to establish real dialogue. Morello said of wage slavery in America, America touts itself as the land of the free, but the number one freedom that you and I have is the freedom to enter into a subservient role in the workplace. Remember, capitalism is evil. That's me speaking. (laughs) Once you exercise this freedom, you've lost all control over what you do, what is produced, and how it is produced. And in the end, the product doesn't belong to you. The only way you can avoid bosses and jobs is if you don't care about making a living, which leads to the second freedom, the freedom to starve. Absolutely, incredibly amazing. Yeah. Statement, and I do want to say for their 2020 reunion tour that was put on hold, they were their their profits for their from their first three shows were they were going would be donated to Im, immigrant rights organizations, and their first yep. shows were going to be in El Paso, Texas, Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Glendale, Arizona. And on June 24th, 2022, the band announced that they would donate $475,000 to reproductive rights groups in Wisconsin and Illinois after the Supreme Court's ruling to overturn Roe v. Wade. So, 
Um, I know I don't have to ask you why this is important, but I am asking you why it's important. So why do you think it is so important that this band is using their voice and their profits to speak on political and social issues? Um, Because, oh God, for many reasons. I mean, like you had said, music is just a, a, a... incredibly powerful tool for change uh, and then to get your message across. And they've been doing that from the beginning. And I know we're going to go into this a, a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if uh, I, I'll touch on it a little bit now, but I know there's been uh, some backlash against them. And I've had, I've had this conversation with a couple friends about them you know, being signed to a major label. It was a, you know, more of a subsidiary of Sony, um, Epic Records, but, um, the parent company is Sony. And then speaking, speaking out against capitalism and, and things like that and, and calling it hypocritical. I know we'll go into more of this, but I mean, in, in my opinion, it's not, but I mean, these, these are things that, I mean, my God, the, the band is over 30 years old and, the issues that they were talking about in their music are things we're still dealing with now. Um, sometimes I feel like even more so, like we've gone backwards, mm-hmm. you know, in addressing like the, the police brutality and killing, uh, killing in a name, killing in the name, uh, which was referencing Rodney King. But I think we're, we're seeing even more of that nowadays. So in a way, I feel like their their music and their message is somehow more important now with as divided as we've gotten uh, as as a country um, and and things like Roe versus Wade being overturned, you know, more of a um, trying to think of the right term here, but. Uh, I don't want to say class difference, but I mean, there is, I mean, but there's more of a divide between, you know, your, your, your wealth, your wealthy and your working class. And it seems to be even more now, um, either that or just because I'm not a 16 year old anymore. I, I notice it more. So there, I mean, their music is still, even after God, 30, 30 years now. Yeah. 92. So even after 30 years, it's still amazingly powerful and incredibly relevant to a lot of things that are still going on nowadays. And the fact that they can use that as a platform to make people aware of these situations and, and, and things that are going on that aren't right. Things like racism and, and just general bigotry and the, I mean, going back to, um, it was off of the first album. Was it Freedom? I think was about, uh, the indigenous people and Leonard Peltier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that was the one. I mean, it's, they've, they've never been afraid to approach those subjects. They've never shied away from it. And like you said, I, I have a lot of respect for that. I know a lot of people, my husband being one of them, and I just shake my head. He's like, oh, yeah, I like Rage Against the Machine. I'm like, really? Because you kind of don't agree with their lyrics. Yeah, I don't pay any attention to the lyrics. I'm like, then what's the point of listening to the music if you're not paying attention to the lyrics? I mean, that's or, – or even there was an article – let me pull it up here – in – uh in Loudwire, which is a, um, a metal music publication. And the title is People Discover Rage Against the Machine, Sing About Politics, and Are Angry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's still crazy. That just it kills me. Like, like, have you not been paying attention? Their name alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, this, it, the, here's, here's one. I mean, this is from a year ago. It says, it was a Fox News tweet. It says, Rage Against the Machine, rap. Rails against Roe v. Wade decision in return to stage abort the Supreme Court was, I think, like a banner or something Mm -hmm. or or on the screens they had at one of their shows. So someone replied, they should stick to playing songs and 
doing their thing. Nothing worse than paying dollars to see a concert and be lectured on their political beliefs. Like, how have you not been paying attention? I, I, I just don't understand how. And, and I remember with like Paul Ryan saying that he was a big rage against the machine fan. I'm like, huh. you, really? Because you're certainly not getting the message <laughs> at all. Yeah. I, it just, and this has just been in the past couple of years where, you know, cause Tom Morello, Tom Morello will, who's a very interesting guy. He's a Harvard graduate. Um, and he was actually involved in politics for a while. And his mother, Mary, who I think is now in her nineties, I want to say she's, a, she's a riot. Cause she's, um, there's a, a show that he'll do on Sirius X-Men, uh, called one man revolution and he'll have her on, but she started, and I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it was basically, um, in response to like Tipper core with the, um, parents mm-hmm. music count or whatever it was, you, you know, which one I mean, where, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Tipper core. Sorry. Oh, God, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> but she, you know, she was one that was speaking out, you know, in favor of the, the metal artists and the rap artists that Congress and, and these politicians were trying to censor. So very, very interesting family there. And was that, sorry, was that parents for rock and rap? Yes. I think that's it. That's what I just looked it up. So yeah. 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 Sorry. I just wanted to make sure you get that there. No, 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 no. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Tom Morello still tweets about different organizations and, and things, you know, just trying to bring awareness. And, you know, I've seen people like, you know, it was better when you stuck to music. Uh, still, like, have you not listened to the lyrics of their music? I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't. I don't understand. But, um, but yeah, I I still think, you know, even though they're not making new music now, um, I still think that they are an, an incredibly relevant band. And like I said, you know what what they were singing about and what they were addressing thirty years ago is is still relevant to this day, and in some ways even more so. So, I mean, still yeah. after 30 years, still one of my favorite bands for that reason. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, just addressing the, the, the fact that people tell musicians and actors and everybody to not talk about politics. Well, going to the music part, music has always been political. Always. There has never been a time when there hasn't been some politics steeped in it. Even if you go way back, you can find instances of that. There has never been it. Music has always been used as that. Music has always mm-hmm. been the voice for the voiceless. And that that has always been the case. And the only reason people say this stuff is because what that what that band, what that musician what that artist is saying is something you disagree with. So because you disagree with it, you want them to shut up. If they were saying what you liked, like with the whole stupid Jason Aldean crap, racist song and racist video, because of that, people loved that. It's the same thing. It's just he's talking about racist, horrible stuff. And Rage Against the Machine is talking mm-hmm. about great stuff and is in talking about you know how we sh- you know like pointing a finger at stuff that we should be looking at and but because they're talking about stuff that you don't agree with and don't like that's why people get upset but it's the same thing when you look at like you know it still it will never not crack me up that people think born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen is a patriotic song about go USA. And that's why he got mad when Ronald Reagan used it because that song is not about that. No. If you listen to the lyrics, you will hear it is anything but that. And that's the problem is people, number one, they don't, they, they want to only hear what they want to hear and what makes them comfortable. That's what, that's, that's the problem in this country in general. And that's why we have, we keep, uh, making that we keep repeating the same mistakes. That's why we are still a country run on white supremacy, which is the huge, which is the root of all the problems in this country. That's where capitalism also stems from. Everything you can link back to white supremacy. That is the huge problem in this country. But the reason 
it doesn't get fixed is because we don't want to look at it, especially white people do not want to look at it because it makes us uncomfortable to look at any complicity that any of us have in that. I'm, t- I'm talking about the general we here, but we all have it and it makes it makes white people very uncomfortable. And with the um with the killing in the name of and then with the police brutality, I think the reason we're seeing more of it is not that it's necessarily increased. It's always been there. It's the fact that we now have these little things in our hands called cell phones. And so because we have more video cameras and stuff like that, it's being videotaped. And that's why like when, when Trump was elected, a lot of white Americans, a lot of us were in shock, but people that were not in shock were, there were a lot of black Americans, a lot of indigenous and a lot of, and other people of color that were not shocked by this because they've lived in this country in a very different way that we as white people don't live in. And so it wasn't a shocking to them because this is something had been building and we would, and like I've said, Trump, Trump is a direct response to the fact that people hated that there was a black man in the White House. And also we would not have had Trump if we hadn't had going all the way back to like Nixon. I mean, this has been building in this country. And so that's a lot of what this music is talking about. Mm -hmm. And if, if an artist, in my opinion, if an artist has a platform or has a way to get this across to people and to give a voice to the voiceless, if they don't use that, that is when I have a problem. Because I think it's your responsibility to do that. I really do. That's why I think on this podcast, we have to speak about this stuff. I am a little tiny voice in a big, huge pond, but I still need to use that voice because it's my responsibility. So it's their responsibility. And so what they're doing is a good thing because they are hoping, hopefully raising awareness for people maybe that hadn't seen that before. And I do think, you know, I think there is something to be said about that, that Sarah, when you're talking about looking at things differently from when you were 16 and then now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Like we, Tiff and I talked about last week with, uh, with the album, What's Going On. When we were younger listening to that album, we didn't get all the significance there. And then when you're older and you're an adult and you really listen, excuse me, like that probably is what happened to me here when I was listening to Rage Against the Machine. And you really listen, you're coming at it from a totally different mindset. So then you're seeing it and you're hearing it in a deeper, deeper level. So I think, you know, that's the power of music and this, this band wouldn't be who they were without that. And, and I just, stay in music belongs in politics and in social issues and always hasn't always will belong there and if it doesn't then i don't then that's just stupid anyway (laughs) i mean it's just there's just no way you cannot have that they're intrinsically entwined so no and i mean you know for people to say you know how, how you know bands you know so many bands today have gone woke and you know, keep politics out of my music. I, I mean, it's, but it's like you said, it's always been there. It's always been there. You, they just weren't listening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you go back to, to, oh, I, I was, I, I was, my, my mother was a hippie. <laughs> Mine too. You know, she was out protesting Vietnam and volunteering to, to work with, you know, underprivileged communities in Kentucky and, and, you know, things like that. Um, so I get a lot of my, you know, I get a lot of my viewpoints <laughs> from her. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of the way I was raised, you know, so a lot of the stuff that she listened to and even my dad listened to, listened to growing up, you know, it still had those same type of themes to it. And, uh, it, but it's it's always it's always been there, and you know a little bit off topic. I see it with um, comic books too, where people are complaining oh, that yeah. you know comic books have gone woke. Um, have you not read X Men? I mean, the metaphors there. I just, but yeah, pe- people see what they want to see out of it, and kind of miss the point of of what the artist whether it's a musician, a writer, whoever is, is trying to say, because they just, they don't want to hear it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. 
they don't want to see what the problems are because they're very comfortable in their, their little existence and they don't want things to change. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. It's complacency uh, and it's. Yeah. It's complacency. Absolutely. Complacency. Yep. Absolutely. And like you said, I mean, it's, you know, even though, you know, little fish in a big pond is still use your voice to speak out against these things because that's how we get change. You know, just being complacent and, and like looking the other way is, is not helping at all. Yeah. It's, it's the only way we get change. So, but, and Sarah was, did speak on it a little bit, but we are going to talk about the fact that the group has been accused of hypocrisy. And I, and I, and I think this is a general question that gets brought up a lot with a lot of people that are that speak out. Um, but I just want to read a little bit more here. And I have a couple of quotes from the band on this. But uh, some critics have accused the group of hypocrisy for voicing commitment to leftist causes while being millionaires signed to Epic Rate, Rate Records, excuse me, a subsidiary of MIDI media conglomerate Sony Music. Infectious Grooves released a song called Do What I Tell Ya, which mocks lyrics from Killing in the Name, accusing the band of being hypocrites. In response to such critiques, Morello stated, when you live in a capitalistic society, the currency of dissemination of information goes through capitalistic channels. Would Noam Chomsky object to his works being sold at Barnes & Noble? No, because that's where people buy their books. We're not interested in preaching to just the converted. It's great to play abandoned squats run by anarchists, but it's also great to be able to reach people with a revolutionary message. People from Granada Hills to Stuttgart. And De La Rocha stated, yeah, to get as many people as possible to join the political debate, to get the dialogue going. I was wondering today, why would anyone climb to the roof of the American embassy with a banner that says, Pre Mumia Abu Abu Jamal, why do you do that? That's to get the international press's attention. The international network that Sony has available is to me the perfect tool, you know, it can get even more people to join a revolutionary awareness and fight. So I already know, I think, what your thoughts are on this, but do you find them at all hypocritical? I mean, I I agree with both with what Tom and Zach said there. I think a lot of times when, when you are trying to get your, your message across the message out there, you have to play the game and that's what they're doing, but they're using it for a force of good. And are they keeping all their profits? No, they, uh, I read an article earlier today. Um, they did three, three or four shows at Madison Square Garden. What they've been doing is they've been setting aside because another thing they're trying to do is, is battle scalpers, which a lot of artists are, but they set aside a certain amount of tickets. Um, and I think they're like in premium, premium seat Mm -hmm. areas, but don't quote me on that. And those tickets, what they want is a hundred percent of the proceeds from the sale of those specific tickets are then going to be donated to an organization in the city that they're performing. So they're not, I mean, they're not just, you know, keeping everything. They're, they're giving back and they're trying to raise money and try to raise awareness for these causes, whether it's uh, human, human rights and homelessness and reproductive rights, just, you know, to name a few. I personally do not think that that's hypocritical. I mean, it's no more hypocritical than, you know, any, any other billionaire, which is sort of a bad example. But I mean, if you look at like, say Dolly Parton now, okay, she's not political, but yes, she is. Dolly Parton is a hundred and thousand percent political. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes. But I mean, she does the same thing. She does a lot for the community and the amount of money that she's given away in just her, her reading programs is, is phenomenal. So, I mean, there's no, there's, to me, there's no difference there. Um, 
when an artist wants to use uh, their stage and their voice for an important message, I don't think there's anything hypocritical about it. I mean, these are the the people that say this are the same ones that, you know, say, um, say actors in general shouldn't have a political opinion. Well, they're citizens of the United States. You know, they just have the, they're just in a position that they can use their, their fame to bring attention to certain things. It's the, it's the same thing. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that's hypocritical. You know, they, they, people scream, you know, celebrities should stay out of politics. Well, we elected a celebrity as our last president. So, I mean, the, you, that's hypocritical. But I don't think, I don't think the band's hypocritical at all. Um, and that's been my position from the beginning. And I've had conversations with, with people about it and, what I think they're doing is, is and what they're bringing attention to. I think it's a good thing and they're doing it. And if that's how they can get their message across, I don't see anything wrong with that personally. And I did read the lyric. I didn't listen to the song, but I did read the lyrics to the one you had sent out, but I'll do what I'll do what you tell me or whatever. It's, it's don't, don't do what I tell you. Tell you, do what I tell you. you. Yeah, do it. Yeah, and it is. It's a, it's a direct uh, sort of rebuttal, I guess. <laughs> you know, mocking it, but yeah. You know what? Uh, I've heard of Rage Against the Machine. I haven't heard of who the, that other person is. So <laughs> I, I don't. I, that means nothing. But <laughs> because, no, I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've they've got. I mean, they they've done a great job of of addressing these issues and, and things that are wrong in this country um, and doing what they can to tell people about it. So I think that's, like I said, I think that's a great thing and I don't see it as hypocritical. Yeah. I think, you know, th- this has been something that, that a lot of bands and a lot of uh, this happens a lot. This happened a lot with like punk bands where punk bands, if they found any kind of mainstream success or anything like that, a lot of fans of the band would not be fans anymore because they felt like that was hypocritical to what punk music is supposed to stand for. And I think that's a lot of what this this is about. And, um, you know, I mean, that happened a lot to Green Day when Green and I'm not a fan of Green Day. I'm actually not a fan at all of Green Day. But that's one of the bands I think on our list that someday we'll talk about. <laughs> but, but but I but I but I don't have like issues with them or anything. I just but when they became famous and they became very successful for a lot of people, that was like uh, spitting in the face of what punk music is supposed to be. And the and see the thing is is that what I, there there is. It's very, you don't want to, you don't want your musicians or your bands or you don't want people to suffer. So why do, does an artist have to necessarily suffer in for their art to be good? I think there's also that in there because people have this weird misconception that in order for art to be good, you have to suffer. And artists think this too. Artists, we fall into this of, you know, I must suffer for your art. Yeah, it's, it's and that's the suffering not, artist. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, that's not true. And um, and I'm not saying there's there's great art made from suffering. There's great like their songs are talking about suffering, and so there's great art made from that. But you don't have to necessarily suffer. And I think the thing, and I and I do I do want to say I do to an extent understand some of the criticism. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand some of it. Where it's like, you know, you could you could say that of our podcast. We speak out about capitalism. We have commercials. Um, we, you know, it's, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, we have commercials, you know, they're different for people in different States sometimes because sometimes they're local depending, but we have commercials for, we've had commercials for big streamers. We've had, I mean, I have in, I have criticized Disney plus left and right, and they have previously had advertisements on this very podcast. So I can see that I can understand that. But at the same time, I think there's a thing to, Unfortunately, because of the world we live in, because this is a, a society, a capitalistic society that is, 
until it all collapses, which I think we are heading for that, is not going to change. And so you have to use those tools in order to get your message across. And so if you have more voices, like they're saying, like they said in their responses to that, if you have more people listening that might not have listened before, that's how you get the message across. I mean, honestly, I was laughing about it because I think it is so bizarre, but having this music on a Catholic radio station, you also are going to be you're, I mean, you're going to be reaching an audience sometimes that you might not have reached before. It's the same thing. And so if you can build that platform and have it be bigger, as long as you are walking, you're, you know, you're walking the talk as, you know, you're like donating money like they are, you are still speaking out about stuff. You are like speaking about, out about that and you're not secretly voting for like Trump or something. As long as you are doing that, then I don't see a problem with it. Uh-huh. If if they were speaking out, and I, I will say this, if they were speaking out about that, and then um, you know, if this band was then to start doing commercials for Chick Fil A, who is known to donate a lot of money to anti LGBTQ organizations, then I would have a problem because that's them actively going out and supporting something that goes against their values, right? And I, but I, but I understand, but I do understand the criticism. I do. I just think you have to. In order to get your message out to more people that may not hear it, sometimes it is necessary to have money. It just is. <laughs> and it's necessary to make money in order to survive in this country. So there's, you know, I mean, I put down billionaires and millionaires left and right on this podcast, but there's no way in the world that I would be like, oh, I don't want to win the Powerball because I do want to win the Powerball. I would love to win that. Are you kidding me? I would love to be able to have that. But I also know with me, I'd be like, I have, I already know what I'd want to do with that, but I'd also want to donate a lot of that. And then I'd be able to help people more. So as long as you are also, you know, helping people at the same time, mm-hmm. then, you know, so... Instead of yes. spending like $46 billion on X <laughs> or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's an example of somebody who is an awful evil person in my, well, not evil. I'm not going to say evil because that makes him less human and he's human and human beings do horrible, horrendous things. And he's a billionaire. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And most billionaires do horrible, horrendous things. So uh, anyway, anyway. But until until that changes, you just will end up, you know, you you use this, you are using the system you are within in order to be able to change that system. And that's what they are doing. And so, yes. Okay. So thank you. So I want to, so we're going to go ahead and close out this episode, but I want to thank you so much uh, for joining me, Sarah. I think this was a very good and important conversation to have. So thank you again for joining You're welcome. me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and, uh, and I really, really did enjoy talking about this and talking about this band and delving into their discography a lot more with a very different, through a very different lens than I had before. So thank you so much to you and to Carla for suggesting that we cover this band. Hi, I Carla. <laughs> I appreciate it. So if you want to just let everybody know where they can find you. Um, you can find me on Facebook at Sarah Vaccaro Barnick. Uh, Barnick is spelled B as in boy, A-R-N-A-I-K. Or on Twitter and Instagram at NateCamMom. That is N-A-T-E-C-A-M-M-O-M. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin, but remember, you don't want to follow me. You want to follow Fergie on TikTok. Yes, you do. You really do. <laughs> She's adorable. No, you really need to follow her. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. <laughs> At uh, Schroeder and Fergs, that's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R-A-N-D-F-E-R-G-S. It's long, but it's worth it. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On TikTok at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. On threads at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. I, I will maybe use it more. I don't know. It'll have, I don't know. That's still run by a billionaire too. So, you know, <laughs> we'll see. Um, if you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, 
holy moly, would I like to talk to you, uh, some of you from this band. Uh, you know, if you ever want to come on and, and rage against the machine on here, I would be more than happy to have you on. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at itsafandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And while you're there, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter for as little as three bucks a month. And we are offering at the three bucks a month tier a seven day free trial. So you can try it out for seven days. You have nothing to lose. You get great bonus content. You get ad free episodes. So, you know, if you're hearing some of those ads and you're like, oh, ugh, capitalism, uh, I know this kind of plays into that maybe too, but go, go become a Patreon supporter and you won't hear those ads anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, down uh, with capitalism. <laughs> yeah. So you can go to the support us page on our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com or click the link in our show notes. And we are going to be releasing a bonus episode soon. I know summer's almost over, but we're releasing it late because we had to change things around because of the strike. And we're going to be Aaron A and Carla are going to be joining me. We're going to be doing our a summer playlist. Who knows? Maybe some rage songs will be on there. You never know. And we're also going to be creating a private playlist on Spotify that will have all these songs on there and you can only get access to it if you become a Patreon supporter today. Other ways you can help support us is buy us a coffee, check out our great merch in our Redbubble store, or one of the greatest things you can do for us and any indie podcast out there because it's a sea of podcasters and help us get found is give us a five-star rating on both Apple Podcasts or iTunes and on Spotify and share, 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 share on social media. Tell your neighbors, tell your dogs, tell your fish, tell your cats, (laughs) tell everybody to listen to us because that is how we get found. And thank you to everyone who continues to listen. Thank you to everyone who watches my Instagram stories. I see you. I see the people that watch continuously. I appreciate you. I adore you. So thank you so much. Continue to do that. Thank you. And thank you for people who voted in our poll. I appreciate you as well. And next week, and I will have already had a thing, and this is coming out on Friday, so you might still have a time time to get it to me because I think what our episode is going to be next Friday. We've, our schedule has changed again. It had to change a little bit. But we're going to do a special. It's just going to be me. So me recording by myself is always an interesting thing for me because I have a very hard time with it. But I'm going to be doing it for both the episodes, probably. And so Friday's episode is going to be like an AMA and Ask Me Anything music-related. You can maybe pop in some book questions, but I'm going to focus it on music since we're talking about music. So ask me any questions about music as long as it doesn't have anything to do with any movie soundtracks, movie scores, anything like that, just music related. Ask me any question. You can ask me, you know, what certain song I think of when blah, 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 XXX. What do I think about this musician? And I will be completely honest. So also just expect that. So if it's a musician you love (laughs) and you ask me what I think about them. Like if, you know, for instance, if you are going to ask me, what do you think? And this is one of the bands on our list. So I'm giving away here. What do you think of Hootie and the Blowfish? I'm going to make a gagging sound. So just (laughs) please. (laughs) It's nothing against the band members. I just do not like the music. So please be prepared for that. So we all have opinions. Yours are fine. We're all fine. As long as I'm not insulting you for yours and you're not insulting me for mine. And as long as they're not hurting anyone. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So um, get those questions to me. I think you'll still have time if you're listening to this on Friday. The uh, I keep wanting to say Friday the 13th. That's not correct. But the Friday that this is released, which would be the 18th, I believe. Yes. So, yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you know, whatever. I only know that because we're moving my son into his apartment in Texas. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's Okay. Um, but yes, get those to me. I, and if I don't get a bunch of questions, I will just, I'm going to ask my panelists to ask, to send me some questions in too. So Sarah, think of some questions, send them my way. And I will be completely, if you have any, you don't have to, if you don't want to ask me questions, but just think of them. You can, you can make them hard. You can make, you can, (laughs) this is, this is where you get to be the the sadist. You get to be the sadist. sadist. Yes. (laughs) 
And I won't even have to use my safe word right now. Um, so, yes, yeah, so think of a way to torture me. <laughs> How to torture Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, send those in. So... I, I am looking forward to recording that and um, and speaking about that. And then in September, just to let you know, we're going to be dedicating that whole month to books. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.